what's happening? Pastor Jeff. Hey, I'm hoping most of our viewers today are Baptist church members. <laughs> they know what late means. <laughs> listen, listen. As long as they're black, they know what's going on. Amen. They know what the deal is. This Amen. is nothing new. <laughs> it would be really bad if we uh, started late and then the preachers don't show up for like 20 minutes. 30 oh, minutes. That's, that, that's, that's, good, that's the good preacher. Make stop, the, stop the service and make everybody stand up while we walk <laughs> in with gators on. And, it's the, uh, the prelay prelay pastor nine piece suits yeah everyone please stand for the arch arch potentate of the uh milky way galaxy district of the universal church of nobody and nowhere y'all come on in from the back now y'all come in from the back classic 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 y'all come on in from the back Nobody wow. is in this church. Nobody, nobody is there. Nobody, nobody come. Ain't nobody nobody's coming. coming. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> even making chicken in the background. Nobody. How you feeling, man? Man, you know I'm on cloud nine. I know. I, I'm, I'm gonna open up with that. So don't start. Don't talk about it yet. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know how I'm feeling. I'm feeling that uh, Nick Cannon is the new father Abraham. What? Nick I'm, Cannon's on like his ninth baby, man. He having another bet? Well, I, I can't like, talk. yeah, he, he's like <laughs> biblical about it. He's he's like with his fifth wife or something, or woman, or you know, and he's and they always do these fancy photo shoots too. I mean, Nick Cannon, he's like the new Adam. He is. Wow. Uh, he, they gave him his job back on Wilding Out, so maybe. Oh, did they? Yeah, from that's what I heard. My wife okay. told me, you know. Okay, usually. You know, usually once they throw a black man off, they don't let him back. So that's a that might be a first. That might have to be in the black. We got, we got a forgive me tour. Oh, he did a forgive me tour. He didn't forgive okay. me tour. You know. And now, let me ask you something real quick before we get started, because uh, I I know what I really want to talk about. But somebody posted this question. Okay. Somebody posted this question. I think I want to post pose it to you. I'm gonna try to move this mic a little bit. Do you okay. hear my feedback? Because I hear it myself. Yeah, you good. Okay. Um, question I want to ask you is. If they let R. Kelly out of jail right now, I want to ask this to the whole thing. Who going to the concert? <laughs> I know a lot of people that would. Who going to the R. Kelly concert? I, I know a lot of people that would. I, I, I know a lot of people that would. You think so? You think? Yeah, I, I know some church folk that would. <laughs> let him out of jail right now. Hey, hey, hey. Some of these people listen to R. Kelly preach every week, so. Well, some of them, some of them will still pay a ticket to watch R. Kelly run a football. So, you know, Kells, I, I believe it's disgusting. I believe it's guilty. I believe it's terrible. But the brother is not alone. Brother's not alone. True. You know, Bill Cosby is not alone. Uh, the Weinstein dude is not alone. But that, but, but R. Kelly, it's it got to be like a three year. It got to be like a three year buffer. We got, we got, it got to be like a three year buffer with no more. Uh, videos dropping but this cat got like a whole library like remember remember when they said uh when prince died they said he had a whole vault full of uh music and albums <laughs> man carol's got a whole vault full of uh <laughs> dastardly acts <laughs> this is the remix <laughs> featuring little baby <laughs> this is this is the remix featuring little baby and little nas x and a is but but in all seriousness, I have a hard time, and there are people who don't judge him. Da 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 da. I can't listen to dude, but I will rock with Mike Michael Jackson though, because I, I still believe Mike. I'm still on Team MJ. 
I mean, anybody who had a this is killing me. My volume is killing me, y'all. I'm I'm sorry. Did you turn it down a bit? I turned it all the way down. I think I'm trying to make sure I turned it the right way. We having all kind of technical technical difficulties today, y'all. I, I apologize. That sounds better, don't it? That's better. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. We're loving it. We're okay. loving it. Cool. Wonderful. So, what's um, your take? Would you go? Uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I am a. I was a huge R. Kelly fan. I sung R. Kelly. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I, on me and my wife's first cruise, I done a karaoke to R. Kelly. I believe I can fly. And at the end, I said, "Sexual chocolate." Drop them off. <laughs> the crowd went crazy. <laughs> well, everybody was singing Kells, and I believe I can fly. You know, is and and everybody even after the first one was like, didn't know what to think. But after this last, you know, them uh, Lifetime movie, you know, and and yeah. what surviving R. Kelly and and all that. It's, it's, I mean, I would I would trust me. I would not go now. Not because I don't like his music. I think I think I think he's a phenomenal performer. I think he's a phenomenal singer. But his 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 character and his charisma does not line up. And I, I there has to be there has to be some type of does there though does there though. I mean, for me. For me, for personally. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, I'm not even talking about everybody has faults. I, I, we're beyond faults. If you if you took away the music and the media and the movies and the TV shows of people who are downright sick and have done terrible things to other people, we wouldn't have a Hollywood or a music industry. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll never know, we'll, but somebody does know, you know, and I, and I think that that... Uh, you know, culture of silence really does matter. You know, we talk yeah. about the church and stuff, but I think that any large industry uh, where there's a lot of money at stake, power, ego, you know, but you take away, you know, these people who have murdered, killed, raped, you know, abused and whatever. And uh, we, we, we would be going to the movies watching stick figures on <laughs> our kids <laughs> coloring books. So you, you don't, you don't think there's, there's very few people out there who uh, has a clean bill of health record. No, I think they're clean. What I'm saying is it's such an intertwined industry. Yeah. Who hasn't worked with R. Kelly? You know what I'm saying? Lil Nas you know what I mean? Lil Nas <laughs> But again, again, you know, is <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, He's out of my playlist. Yeah. He's out of my playlist. He, he really is. But it's not something I think about. I don't have to rant about it. You know, it just is what it is, man. But but let, let, let's knock this last part out. You know, we both had wonderful celebrations. This wonderful, week. wonderful. Let, let's let's start with yours, man, because that, that's just, I mean, at, how does it feel to baptize your kids? Man, it, it feels like... Uh, not that your work is done, but you've definitely completed one core part of your mission. And that is to introduce them to Jesus Christ, you know, which is obviously, you know, my faith. And I, I don't knock anyone's faith or, and I actually celebrate all expressions of faith Absolutely. because I can't imagine what it's like for some father or mother to take their child through whatever rite of passage or confirmation or affirmation or, you know, journey to manhood or womanhood or whatever. It's, it's meaningful because that's a part of what we're placed on this, this earth to do. Yes. is to is to raise our seed and of course i'm i'm unapologetically christian and mm -hmm. so 
that's what I want to mold and raise my children in and to go through that with them, man, I mean, you know, you know, we cried and, 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 and celebrated and I'm just so proud of them. And it's just so meaningful. And I say it all the time. And Jeff, I know you share this sentiment, whether you're a preacher or in the church or whatever, I don't understand a man that wouldn't be in his father's, I mean, his kids' lives, you know, in some measure, if they are able to. Now, I know that there are circumstances, but I, I, I'll never understand that man that doesn't want to be in his child's life or, or, or hasn't really made a real attempt or hasn't been trained. And maybe they haven't been trained to be where they, you know, they don't know. But man, precious, life changing. That's now, going on my do, wall. Did you do uh, all three? Or just just the boys came forward. Okay. Previously, and honestly, I celebrate that fact too. Absolutely. Because as much as I want to raise my children, we don't want peer pressure. We don't want pastoral. You know, dad's a pastor. Got to do this. Got to do that. I'm I'm glad that my daughter's open minded. Now, if she get a little too open minded, you know, we have a problem. I'm like, yo, yo, yo. That's why you roll. Right. Now, before we move on to my little celebration, uh, you know, I just gotta ask you, Doc. I mean. Because Elias is a big boy, and you know you kind of on the light side, huh? bro. Listen, <laughs> listen. I baptized him heavy duty, and all I got to say is, thank God he created buoyancy. Because <laughs> without that, a lot of us preachers would be taken under. Uh, That's why you got to baptize these folk before they've been to too many church meals and fellowships <laughs> and potlucks and got all them greens and. Cornbread in them. You gotta, you gotta baptize them early. Yes, sir. Life. Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. why. You, that's why you need to do them young. That's why they say you save them young. Once you get too big, you're too heavy to baptize. <laughs> hey, but I always have somebody in there with me because I did hear that my predecessor did one by himself, and the lady took him down, and he got baptized. It was a double <laughs> baptism. Double baptism. He's double baptist. <laughs> so it's it's been a, a beautiful thing. We're shouting out. Pastor Jeff and Lady Tiffany, they had the baby shower for Grayson Love Stanford. Grayson Love Stanford. It was That's a good name. Grayson is like Grayson Stanford is like you're either gonna be like uh uh the Pope or like a bishop <laughs> or like or like a serial killer. <laughs> you can only be one or the other. You have to be like well, super duper like holy or talented. Or just like Grace Love Stanford was arrested for rubbing his butt cheeks on a convenience store window. Well, based based upon the kids we got now, if 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 it goes in order in line, it ain't looking too good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean seriously, it was all love. Shamika came and celebrated. It was. And let's shout out our boy Ted. Tied to not. Let's shout out our boy Ted. Yeah, yeah. Tied to not. Beautiful ceremony. And Sonya. Sonya and Ted. We love y'all. Send me, send me your cash up, uh, Ted. I know you ain't watching, so I yeah. don't to worry about it. Listen, um, at least I ask. <laughs> I wouldn't be watching. I wouldn't be watching. I know that. Hey, let me knock these out the way and just going to do our introductions. Uh, today's episode is called I Wonder If Heaven Has a Ghetto. And uh, it's just going to be a wonderful knockdown, drag out conversation. Yeah. We got two wonderful guests with us. We're going to introduce in just a second. But while they're getting prepared to join us, I want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring Religiously Incorrect, beginning with Phillips Care Cleaning Services. They do residential and commercial cleaning of services uh, in the Mahoning Valley area. That's Trumbull, Mahoning, Columbiana, everywhere. Don't waste your time. Let Phillips Care take care of your mess. Floor cleaning, basic cleaning, carpet upholstery, wood floor, move in, move out. 
they start at $35 a room for carpet cleaning with basic steam clean, and they will take care of you. Trust me, they will do it. We're also going to shout out Phillips Care Lawn Care Services. They do lawn starting at $30, again, in the Mahoney Valley Spring Fall Cleanup, mowing bi-weekly or weekly, edging trimming, and they are a Black-owned business. That's what I'm talking about. The Phillips Care family of businesses can be reached at Phillips Care LLC on Facebook, or you can call my man Fernando at 330-219-7916. So be sure to support our sponsors of Religiously Incorrect, and if you'd like to be a sponsor, of religiously incorrect and build your brand on the backs of our millions upon millions upon millions of followers that watch us from across the globe. Look, we're in Jamaica you, right now. We're in Jamaica right now. It'd be the greatest $12.50 you ever spent if you become a sponsor of religiously incorrect. I mean, it's the greatest ROI that you could ever imagine. But hey, Pastor Stanford, let us know who we got tonight. Listen, we are so honored tonight. We have two Youngstown natives, two great uh, brothers. I, I mean, they're just doing their thing over in Youngstown. First of all, we got my boy Leonard Carter, who is uh, who is over, who has started and, and is doing phenomenal work in Youngstown with Safe Zones. Then I have uh, my other boy, Big Al Alexander Burkett, who is part of, and I'll, I'll let him talk about a part of the Bop Club, who has just been doing tremendous things over in Youngstown, Ohio as well. So listen, y'all put your hands together for these two brothers. Uh, you know, just give big ups to these two brothers, man. What's, hey, happening? Hey. What's happening? What's happening, hey. y'all? Hey, fellas, fellas, what's going on? Man, we are we are so happy to have y'all on, man. I, I just want y'all to real quickly, man, briefly, uh, like I always say succinctly, that's as many words as possible, but as few as necessary. Uh, just talk about what y'all do. Talk about safe songs. Uh, and then talk about the Bob Club. We'll start with you, uh, Lynn. Man, just tell us what Safe Zones is real quickly as real, real quickly as possible, and then we'll get into what's going on in, in our hoods. Well, like you said, man, my name is Leonard Carter from the south side of Youngstown. Grew up there, born and raised from day one. You know, um, Safe Zones is uh, basically for the community. You know what I mean? I, I'm the CEO and the president of Safe Zones. I created Safe Zones. Basically, we started with like little block parties and things like that. But I say, you know, we need to go a little bit further, man. People need more. So that's basically what I do, man. I, I give the community uh, the things that they, they can't get every day for themselves. Okay. Which is, we do things like we go out in the parks. We give our personal hygiene products. Uh, we feed them. And that's one thing I do all the time, man. One thing my grandmother always told me, man. And it always stuck with me. She said, no matter what you do, feed somebody. Okay. Hmm. Always feed. You know what I'm saying? She said, feed your enemies. So that's one thing I always do, man. I don't care what I do, man. I, you know what I'm saying? Any of my events always got some type of food. Wonderful. So came up with Safe Zones. Safe Zones is also like, I want everybody to be feel safe. Hmm. When you come there, you want to be safe. You want to be comfort. And when I mean safe from everybody. And, I mean, I'm going to get a little deep because, you know what I'm saying, we're supposed to. When I say safe, I mean safe from rapists, safe, safe from killers. That's what's up. Safe from from all the all the bad stuff, man. You know, so when I say a safe zone, I mean perfectly safe zones. Wow. So that's what we are, man. And I'm out here to give, help out. And we really ain't going nowhere, man. It's really just want to just be here and make it better. You know, we wow. came up in the streets. We know how it is. We're just yeah. trying to just be there for each other, like big brothers, big sisters, 
And that's it. So that's that's the safe. Okay. Big Al, talk to us. Well, first of all, my name Alexander Burkett. You know, everybody know me by Big Al. You know, I'm in an organization called the Brothers of Power, Bop Club. And um, what we basically do out here, we uh we're a classic car club. We all got classic cars and uh we do a lot of things in the community. We do a lot of give backs, you know, a lot of kid events, you know, we do some mentoring, you know, and just like different things, you know, old older people, they like to see cars that make their day. We'll ride by, say hi, you know, and uh we try to be positive, give the young kids something different to look up to, like old school cars, you know. Everything ain't got to be about that fast money. You got to get some. You might get some when you're 18. You might be about 25 when you get done fixing it, you know. But it put the joy in that fixing it, that what you got now, you know. So we give them, we try to give them different outlooks. You know, everything ain't about that TV, that social media, you know. So it's just different avenues we out here. And uh, right now, this weekend, we got a... a not basically a car show, just to come hang out, show your cars. And uh, we raffling off a scooter, and we're giving our proceeds going to the um, Akron Children Hospital Cancer Unit. Wonderful. Because, you know, awesome. we want to reach the kids that who can't come out to see us, you know. That's Let them know that, you know, we still care about y'all, too. We ain't forgot about y'all, you know. So we're just trying to do a little good in the neighborhood, stay positive. They give these young kids a different outlook, you know, and things to do, different things to look at. I'll be, before I let Todd jump in, let me ask you a question real quick, Al. Would my 85 Chevette qualify to be in a bar club? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's. You just made the cut. You just, <laughs> just made the cut, cut with that 85. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. Man, I, I'm just so proud uh, of you brothers and what you're doing in the Youngstown community and reaching out to the young and the old alike. I love the idea, uh, Lynn, of the, the idea of the safe zone and that we are the protectors and the keepers of our own community, making our children, our elderly feel safe. Pastor Jeff and I have, you know, done work. Of course, he's between Youngstown and Warren with his, you know, roots in Youngstown and now in Warren. But, you know, one of my philosophies has simply been that a lot of what we're seeing is because we lack presence in our communities and especially the presence of black men, just the everyday brothers, the neighbors, you know, just being out and about letting the young men see you, those that aren't up to no good, letting them see you. It's not about trying to be a vigilante or anything like that, but being present, you know, being the guardians of our own. Uh, stepping in when these kids getting out of pocket, you know, being a mentor, saying a little something to them that's not judgmental, but that might be that kind of strong hand. They're, they're not used to getting, especially our young boys, you know, getting that that respect. And, you know, Jeff has a past. I'm basically a church boy, you know, just never been out, just never been my, my life. And, uh, you know, that's fine. Everybody has a different path. But we need all people on deck. And we actually need to elevate, I think, brothers like yourselves, because I know we, what we represent in our roles and these titles and, you know, we public officials and press conferences and prayers. And that is wonderful and good and positive. But I think there needs to be a diversity of imagery, diversity of leadership, where we're giving just as much deference and respect to brothers like yourselves 
as much as we are to pastors like ourselves, because we have a role, but you have a role too. And you're seeing these young cats in different phases than we're seeing them. Right. Matter of fact, you're seeing them way more than we're seeing them because they ain't coming to church like they used to with mama dragging them and all that stuff. So we're detached. I often, I'm 39. You the young pastor. I'm like, look, I don't know these kids. You know, like you think, you know, I know a little few kids that come to church. So my question for you guys are, what do you see that you think a lot of people are missing in the conversation about violence and our community upheaval? What do you see here when you get feedback, when you do reach those young ones or those brothers that are out and sisters, by the way, who are out there in that life? What are you hearing and seeing in them that you think we got a mostly church crowd that they need to know about what's happening out there? They basically telling us, man, what I get, man. They just want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to have a chance. They they want to feel love. So that's that's why we come up with big brothers. We try to do that because we can relate sometimes. Okay. You were breaking up just a little bit, Lynn, so I don't know what that was, but I could tell what you were saying. You were saying that they want to feel loved and heard and understood, you know, and... You're absolutely right. Uh, Big Al, you want to add to that and share a little bit? Yeah, the thing that I see with these young guys, sorry about that. The thing that I see with these young guys is they, the respect, they ain't taught the respect game like we had it coming up. It's not there no more. And once you talk to them and show them that you respect them, as well as you want them to respect you, things go a little bit smoother, you know, because a lot of them, you know, they can't sit there and talk to you with being out my, sorry, quote unquote, nigga. You know, they want to talk to you like that, where you got to break them down like, ho, oh, oh, ho, listen here, young man. <laughs> We're going to start this conversation all over again. Right. First of all, I'm old enough to be your dad, <laughs> you know. We're going to hold this conversation like I'm the grown man and you're a young man. You know, yeah. we ain't going to go that buddy, buddy and everything cool like that. They don't get that. But when you explain it to them the right way, things go way smoother because they don't got that no more. You know, they got that. Soon as I see you now, I know you out here in these streets. I'm going to treat you like you're a thug, you know. So a lot of that is love. You got to show them love, too, because they ain't got it. They never had it. I feel it. I feel it. Man, I, I you know, both of y'all know me. You know what I mean? I, I, I can, you know, as Pastor Todd said, I, I have a past. You know what I mean? I Myself, personally, three guns pulled, pulled on me right in my face. I'm, it's a blessing that I'm alive today. You know what I'm saying? None of them, none of them shot. You know, matter of fact, one of them, I said, shoot me. Cause you know, I'm, I'm coming back quick. You know what I'm saying? So we all had, you know, we all been through the struggles, you know, I grew up on the, you know, street South side of Youngstown side. I was, on, I was from South and East side. So I knew both, both of them, but, um, you know, we, we, we are dealing with, I think it's 14 homicides in Youngstown right now. Is that correct? Yeah, Somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Yeah. 14 homicides in Youngstown. What can we do, man? What uh, what can we do? Because I think there's a disconnect between the church and the hood. Uh, somehow there's become a disconnect. And I love what Pastor Simon is doing. And, you know, the churches are getting outside the, the four walls and getting out there. But uh, as you guys are as you guys are working in your 
uh, particular areas. What can we do as pastors? Uh, because uh, like Pastor Todd said, I don't know these cats no more. You know what I'm saying? I can say I'm from the streets all day and, you know, what I've done back when I was in Youngstown. But right now I go to Progressive Baptist Church and I come home and my wife and my family. You know, I ain't trying to, you know, I ain't trying to get in a fight with nobody, you know. But uh, what, what, what can we do as pastors? To me, the thing I can say, you got to get out here. You know, let them see you. They see you. They see you on social media. They might see you riding by, but they don't see you, if that makes sense. Right. You know, you got to get out here to where they can reach out, shake your hand, get to know what type of person that you are instead of just knowing you through Facebook, Instagram, somebody else saying, oh, them pastors, they good pastors. Well, how do I know they good? <laughs> I hear them, but they could be just saying that for anybody, you know. Like Pastor Todd said, I'm not no street guy, but I had a good life. Pastor Jeff, you you know I know where you came from. You know, so they don't know that. All they know now is that two young mm -hmm. pastors, I don't know if they fake or if they phony because I never see them like that. Right. So as right. far as the church, to me, get back out here into the neighborhoods, not in front of your church, but all through the neighborhood. You know, all through, not in front of your church. Because anybody can ride. Go down farther by somebody else's church. Call that church out that's right there. Come on outside. Let's go see what's the problem inside the houses. You know, we could see them out here because they acting the fool. Oh, yeah, they acting the fool. Why is they acting the fool? Where's they going home at night? Where, where's they right. sleeping at? Right. Who do they got to call? Who are they looking up to? Right. You know, is mom, what is mom and dad doing? Is they together? Is the, is the household broken? All we knowing is, oh, here come these little dudes. They about to act a fool. Why not act a fool? We ain't no. We need attention. I'm not right. getting that attention from no at home. So I'm gonna make you give me attention. You know. So to me, like for the the church, like now, you got to get back in and bring these church, bring these kids back in to believing there is a God or a higher power out here. You know that you're not you're not alone. You know, they, they lost that. Now, you know, they we, we we lost. I don't know where in between, but we lost that training. You right. know, we lost that training that is people in the church that really do love you outside the TVs. Right. 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 You want to add to that, Land? Yeah. It's like he said, man, it's, it's enough of these fields out here, man. Let's get back to that old school. Let's have these revivals. Y'all know they don't want to come to y'all. Y'all got to come to them. Go pick them up. Go yeah. get them. Pick them up. Come on, y'all getting this van today. We're going to give y'all something to that's do. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we got to get out. And that's one thing we do, man. No matter what we do, we out here at them and we determine. We, you know what I'm saying? We've been there where they was at. Like, so we all know we've been there. We got to go to them. They ain't going to come. We got to go get them. I like what you said, Big Al, about, you know, respecting the roles, you know, of the church. Pastors have a role. But, you know, Pastor Jeff and I, and there are a few others that I can't speak well of. But one of the things I spoke when I came to my church at Second Baptist on the southwest side of Warren. And, of course, you know, the interview, what you what you all about, what you're trying to do. I said, I want to reintroduce our church to the community and reintroduce the community to the church. Because this yeah. building has been sitting here for 60 years. But over time and sometimes the sad thing about it is good times or quiet times can make you complacent. And if things are going all right for a minute, 
because everybody will be out praying and hitting the streets because there's so many homicides in Youngstown. And the same thing will happen in Warren when we have a hot summer or something. And then we'll get out there and try to start this and start that. But when it calms down a bit, we let up and we stop engaging. It's over with. Yeah, it's over with. It marks good today. Yep. And tomorrow we 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 back to yeah, we patting ourselves where on the everybody back. at. Yeah. But but the next kid is already in training. The next one right. is already coming up and he ain't got his hand on a piece yet. But give it two, three years without attention, without engagement, without seeing the faces of men and women, whether you're a church person or just a person in the community who's concerned. And when we walk away from that, I like to walk my neighborhood. I have a map on my wall in my church of my block that I want to walk uh, on the southwest side. And at first, like you said, that trust had to be built because I go out, I usually wear a shirt and tie because I had a philosophy. I believe in dressing down to meet the people. But I also believe I used to work in downtown Warren that my community deserves these young kids. They can see a, a young pastor in a tie looking nice in their community, not not looking like I'm going to the Grammys, you know what I'm saying? But like business casual so that they can see somebody of respect. And they thought I was running for office. They thought I was trying to come get a donation. They would get up off their porch and walk in the house when I would walk by because they never seen a minister out. And they assume that whenever church folk come around, we want something. You must be asking for a donation. You probably about to, you know, ask about this. Uh, I'm five years into it. And now it's talking to neighbors on their porch. A young man coming to me about his problem. Young ladies telling me who fought last night. And, hey, talk to such and such because they beefing and we don't want nothing to happen. Them kids over there or that lady don't have no light, her lights on. And and can y'all do something? And we wouldn't know if we weren't out. I said this the other night to a group of brothers at a wedding reception. Most of the ministers in all of our cities do not know what it feels like to walk down a sidewalk in their own community. They they don't know what it feels like. And I'm going to say, we just got complacent. I'm not saying they're no good. They don't care. But we just, it's not a part of our routines, and it needs to be. Like, you know how we say these kids walking in the street? We got that problem in my community. These kids walking in the middle of the street. They're walking in the middle of the street. I went for a walk and realized I had to walk in the street. Right. Because the sidewalks is overgrown, glass everywhere, sticks and branches. So now I'm on the phone with the city while I'm walking. Like, yo, you need to get over here right now. Like, right now. But if I don't get out there myself, I'll just be another person driving by complaining about a teenager walking in the street right. instead of knowing, like you said, what's going on at home, what's going on. So, and I love what you said, Lynn, about getting back to revival and stuff. And people really do want spirituality as a part of the equation. I, ju- I think they just don't want that emptiness and those easy answers that don't come with real engagement. I, I think they still want spirituality as a part of their community and their life, and whether you believe strong or not. But I feel that we have secluded ourselves. A lot of us in me and Jeff's world are trying so hard to chase superstardom and popularity and be social media stars and be the next dude on TV like G.D. Jakes that we forget that our real ministry is the dude across the street, you know, not the dude across the world. And, you know, I hope that the effort in Youngstown is consistent. And if everything dies down and things are not crazy for a minute, I hope they keep praying and keep walking and keep you know, striving like that and partnering with brothers like you. Absolutely. I I have a real problem um, with the church having these gated, gated churches, the the grass is all cut, the church is looking beautiful, but the house next door is overrun and, you know, 
you know, I just got our line guy to do the house across the street from us. You know, just just do theirs when you do ours as well. You know what I mean? Just because I think it's it's more than just the church trying to look nice. Um, so here's a question I have for y'all. Well, I have a I have a question from one of our uh, hosts too as well. Before we even go any further, uh, give us just a little bit of background. What were y'all from? Uh, you know, what have y'all seen growing up? What was y'all struggles growing up? Me, I'm well starting off from the south side of Youngstown, born and raised. My uh, grandparents in the church deep, so I was raised up in the church. I, uh, as I grad, probably after I graduated, you know, I steered off a little bit to start trying to see the other part of the life, other part of the world, you know. Some that you know I never experienced. You know I didn't have to. You know I ain't want. I wasn't one of the kids that I was that wanted for much. You know, so I wanted to get out there and see that other side of the world. And you know I ventured off into the streets, and one thing led to another. You know it, it got all the way sidetracked. And so during them times, what I done seen, what haven't I done seen? <laughs> what haven't I seen? I done seen. I done seen a lot. I done seen stuff that you sit down and write a movie about it, you'd be like, man, is you serious? Yes, I am. But as I got older and I had kids, I had daughters, I had to start thinking about things a little bit different, you know. And one of the things is I, I went to the, I've been to the old city jail, been to the old county jail, and, 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 Probably the last time I went, like I was probably my early twenties, got pulled over. <laughs> got pulled over. They say, "Well, we just got a description of this car. You robbed the roadhouse." I said, "No, it ain't this car. <laughs> Do you have any weapons in here?" I just had got a gun, had it in my aunt's name in the glove compartment. Now I didn't know if I want to say, yeah, I got a gun because they want me for. They saying it was a robbery, so I said, "Well, sir, my aunt was in here. She stayed around the corner. Her gun is in the car. Why did I say that?" Yeah. Pulled us out the car, went to jail. But as we was going downtown to jail, they found the guys who did it. So ended up going to going to uh, court and everything, and got everything dropped, but still had the gun charge, like mishandling some charge like that. So I had an aunt. Well, she stayed up the street from me. She was like an aunt to everybody on the street. I goes to her and I say, auntie, I don't know what it is, but jail ain't for me. <laughs> you know, I ain't, no, I ain't soft about it. I ain't want nothing wrong. You know, I knew guys in there. But just the way it is, the way it's set up, the things you got to go through in there, ah, that ain't the type of lifestyle I'm trying to do. She said, well, listen here. <laughs> That's your decision. You want to walk that line? Do you want to play with that? You want to throw rocks at this at this glass window? Or you want to just jump the other side and be who you is? Because you don't have to be like them to be cool with them. Right. You know, right. and my yeah, thing yeah. back then was, I'm going to do this, do that. Not to fit in because I wasn't no follower, but just to be on that side, everybody you cool with. And when she's told me that, I'm like, hmm. I really don't got to do this because they still going to love me anyway because I'm that type of person I could get along with anybody. You know, so 
probably about a couple months after that, I just went cold turkey. I said, man, I ain't selling nothing else. I'm getting, I'm leaving this alone. You know, I, I ain't doing this. I ain't gonna jeopardize myself going to prison, being around all these dudes talking about this and that, this story, what I had, that, that ain't what I'm trying to do. You know, so moving forward, I started working, get me a job and jump around job to job till I found the job I've been at now for like 16 years. So it was a struggle. I've seen a lot of things happen, but you got to get your foot grounded and you got to mentally prepare yourself to be who you is around everybody. You don't have mm. to be yourself. Be yourself because it's going to carry you way farther than you trying to fit in with anybody else. All right. Go ahead, man. Well, like I said, man, I'm from the south side of Youngstown myself, lower south side, DTH. <laughs> down the hill. They don't, know, they, don't know, they don't know about that. Down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, my mom, she was a single parent of me, me my brother and my sister. So, you know, we we struggled a little bit. You know, she, my mom was cool, man. So I, I didn't seen a lot too, man, especially in our times, man. We all in the areas where we didn't seen, we didn't seen a lot. We seen a lot of, we didn't miss, lost a lot of brothers. We seen a lot of people just disappear. You know, the, the, the drug game, I didn't seen it, you know. All of that. So that's like I said, one reason why I created what I created, and you know, then because I, I can relate a lot. And like I said, just because you're um, always doing, you know, put it this way, just because you at the times you're selling drugs and things like that, you really ain't always a bad person. Hmm. That's it's, it. your actions, it's your actions to become hmm. right. You know what right. I'm saying? The things you do behind it and with it becomes bad and that's when it becomes problems i got a question for you brothers uh you talked about quitting told cold turkey big al and and that's something we're often talking about every time there's another shooting or a drug or a big a big buster you know you see cats going to jail and they're going to be away for a long time and you know we're delusional and again it's not my life never been there but i do recognize that we can be very unrealistic about how easy it is to escape those patterns whether it is financial pressure and you're just at a certain level and you just can't drop that to go take a $11 an hour job, $8 an hour job somewhere, you know, it might even be mental, you know, as far as your identity is wrapped up in this and this is just who you are. How hard is it to get out and what can we do as a community to create better avenues of alternatives? And you can be as unrealistic as possible because who knows what might come about if we just be honest about it because we act like i got a cat that grew up in church and he's like this money i'm making i could never make it at a job y'all telling me to go get a job you know it's it's, it's you, you it's almost like a joke to me for you to tell me to do this it doesn't make sense but even then if whether it's a cycle of violence whether you just got to keep you know how hard is it to get out and what do you think we can do and both of you can answer and talk on that if you would because I think most of us that haven't been in that world, we really don't know. We're, we're kind of goofy about it because we just, hey, you mess up a sin, just go back to church and give your life back to God. And it's all good. <laughs> like, nah, nigga, I'm about to get shot. Like, we talking about just so like, how, what can we know better about what that life really entails and why people stay trapped? 
I mean, it, it's real hard. It ain't just the people in the streets that just got to wash their backs and things like that. Like you said, we, they can go and get a job and things like that. But now you got to worry about the pressure of this person that's doing a boss or something, you know what I'm saying, on your back. Or uh, a worker, get, you know what I'm saying, cussing you out every day. Or sabotaging your part of the machine, you know what I'm saying. You, you got to deal with all of that stuff, too. And then as far as the streets, yeah, you got to realize, it, man. Just because you forget or just because you get out of it, the streets never forget. Hmm. They never forget, man. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to realize they got big brothers. They got, you know what I'm saying, that probably, okay, when you was doing what you was doing, they, they, they was probably like six, seven, eight years old. I look at the times now. Now they're 19, 20, 21, and they've heard the stories about what happened to their uncle or their old player, you know what I mean? So now, in retaliation, things like that. So it, it's very, it's very hard. It's very wow. It, it's very hard. It's very hard just to go from one lifestyle back to a normal lifestyle for the simple cause. But what you got, I feel that can be done is we need to get out here and these jobs now they don't they need to start hiring. Quit looking at this guy had a record for say selling dope. You can't label him as a bad guy. You you got an open arm and hire this guy. He might be 10 times better worker who this person who never been nowhere, you know. Give him a chance, you know, because if you don't give these guys a chance to reintroduce themselves into society, it's always going to be some, they're going to they gonna go right back to that. And then some of the jobs they get at now, they, a lot of, like you said, you go through a lot of things on a job site. They just punch the clock, go in and come home, you know, because you get in there, people looking at you different, you from the streets. They know you from the streets. They get right. to talking, find out this might be your first job, you know, so they want you to do this, do that, in which you really ain't got to. Now, you blowing your talk because you ain't used to nobody telling you all this, what to do, how to do it, you know. We need to get back and help help these guys reintroduce themselves. Go into these jobs with these guys when they fill out these applications, when they had an interview. Sit out there with them. Give them confidence, you know. Talk to the guys at the job to let them know, like, this is a good guy. He's trying to reintroduce himself. But I, I, I'm going to look at him just as you is. So when you when he come to me and say, like, uh, they got this going on with this job. They looking at me different because I came from the street. I'm going to come to you guys and see like, hey, you know, I'm such and such. I would like to know what's going on at the job site with this fella. You know, they once they're in these jobs, they just like, they just throw yeah, them to own. the wolves, some of them. Yeah. They ain't got yeah. that backbone where they could turn back and be like, I had a bad day today at work. You know, I don't know if I could do this. I ain't worked no job in like 20 years. They ain't got nobody to talk to and be like, listen, little bro, it's hard, but stick it out. You know, it's always tomorrow. Everybody has bad days at work, you know. But they need that backbone, that community support to let them know that we with you too, bro. We went through things. We ain't always been this way. Everybody has bad days. Pastor or not, everybody has bad days, you know. Just like I could maybe call another pastor. I could call another one of my car cub brothers would be like, what's up, bro? Today was no good day for me. They ain't got nobody to call. They might don't even have no family. 
You right. know, so they want to jump right back to the streets where they know in the streets you're going to find somebody you can link up with, you know? Right, right, right. Before you get back to them streets, you can talk to me, bro. You know what I mean? We ain't got the same mother, but I'm going to call you bro every time I see you because I'm going to respect you as my brother. I'm wow. going to look at you as my brother, you know? Wow. Let me, let me just uh, add this to the question Pastor Todd asked. Yeah, um, let me just add this. I, I can recall, um, <laughs> I can recall getting, uh, I was, I was, and I, I don't want to say no names to bear no blames, but I know both of y'all cats know who I'm talking about. I'm just not going to put their names out there. But, you know, I had got linked up with the Ready Rock boys. Y'all know who they is. And, you know what I mean? I, I got linked up with them, had a little, you know, was making a little money doing what I was doing. And uh, at the time, I, I, I linked up with the guy who introduced me to Christ. And, you know, I told him what was going on. And, I, you know, he told me, he said, get rid of it. Get rid of all you got. I got rid of it. I didn't. I didn't sell it. I didn't give it. As a matter of fact, I tried to give it back. They said, we don't want it back. We want the money back. Uh, from that day on, I got harassed, man. I remember being at YSU at a basketball game. And, you know, they sat behind me. They said, that new car you're driving is mine. That's my car. That's my, you know, because I, I owe them money. Got guns pulled out on me. Next thing I know, that's when all of them got busted. I remember when they got busted. Now, I'm out the game. This is 20 years later. My sister has a my sister my sister has a birthday party at a club in Austin town. She has a birthday party. I said I'm gonna come at the beginning of the party because y'all know I don't go to clubs. I'm a pastor now. I don't go to clubs. I was starting. I went to the club and I bumped into the guy, one of the guys out of jail. You talking about scared to death? Because I still owe you money. You know what I'm saying? I'm out the game. I ain't been in the game for I don't know how long. You know I bumped into him. He's like, "Hey man, what's going on, man? I heard you're doing good things in the community. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'm out." <laughs> I gave my sister a hug. I'm done. No, I still owe this guy a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't got a lot of money to pay him right now. You know what I'm saying? So, when well, you're talking about how hard it is to get out, I'm talking about 20 years later. I still owe, and I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? I'm a pastor. I'm doing good in the community. But, I mean, it, 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 it can't be an easy thing. And, and like you said, big guy, we have to, uh, you know, be able to get these guys jobs and, you know, you know, even if it ain't nothing but a reference and showing them how to put on a, tie, a suit and tie, man, is something. And exactly. we got to start with the younger generation. What you said. Go ahead. Go ahead, Len. We love, man. We got to embrace them. Like you said, we got to get out here, man. We need y'all. We need y'all out here on this front line with us. Man. It's really important, man. Yeah. Just you know, I was thinking of, of what Big Al was saying about connecting with brothers. And I'm talking grown men. And, and I know it's a, I know there's a whole lot of people saying, save them young, save them young, which I agree with 100%. Get the kids. Try to give them a different reality. But if you don't get their fathers, their uncles, you know, their big brothers, and like you said, Al, Giving them that encouragement, because I worked in job services for 10 years in Trumbull County and just, you know, doing the referrals to jobs and, you know, brothers trying to put them up on game. Hey, this is an easy maintenance job. Easy money, man. You make this much. You're good. You're good. But let, let's just be honest, including black and white people, black and white people, like you said, Al, who know that somebody is out of their element. They play on that person. They harass that person. They instigate and they try to get a rise out of them. 
And then so they can say, yeah, you are you everything I thought, you know, you were. And they don't have any recourse. They're powerless. They're in a different world than they were before. They have tried to escape. And I don't know many cats that don't at least once try to pursue an alternative, even if it means going legit, starting a business, whatever, whatever. And then the police are harassing them or the building inspector is giving them a hard time or, the you know, whatever, whatever. And they don't have somebody to talk to, like you said, Al, to say, hey, you know, you can make it. I'm going to put my influence, you know, to make sure that you're not getting treated that way. But more importantly, I'm going to talk to you about this journey you're on. And like I said, the young man I'm speaking with right now, who is a church young, you know, church boy, basically, but he's out doing his thing. I'm like, hey, you got a son now. You, you, you got to live beyond yourself. You know, let him see something to be proud of. If you got a few stacked away, take that stack away and go get you a job and try to get you a leg up so that you don't have to be dependent on this. But if you run into problems at work or whatever, hit me up when you get off your shift. You know, right. I had a dude come in and, you know, he just he was just getting fired, fired, fired. And the last one was just worse. He could have went to jail for it because he had already been in jail. He's like, man, this dude just kept getting on me. White dude just kept getting on me, getting on me. I put my hands on him. You know, I was about to choke him out. And I don't think people take seriously what is in these brothers. And that kind of segues to the violent side of things of. They have been raised in a method of survival and and self-preservation and never allowing people to disrespect them. And so, we're like you said, we're throwing them to the wolves. We're literally throwing them to a place where they are guaranteed to be disrespected and there's nothing they can do about it uh, except act the way they would in the streets. But I want to talk about the violence part because we're talking like stop the violence, stop the violence, stop the violence. And I'm like, y'all, slogans never worked. Slogans, I could put a million stop the violence banners up. And I'm talking strictly on literally brothers and sisters taking one another's lives, putting innocent people in danger. What does it really mean to bring peace to our streets and to bring some calm? What is it really? I mean, because I don't think we really know. I think we just be talking because that's all we know to do. What does it really look like? And what what has it looked like? And give us an example, if you know of one, where you saw a turning point, not because everybody got saved, but maybe they realized, hey, this is just so self-destructive or I've lost too much or whatever, whatever. What does it really look like to pursue peace and try to get some understanding between brothers? First of all, we got to get back to respect. That's going to start at the household. And to me, regardless is if it was if it's a one parent house, two parent house, grandmother and grandfather, we got to get that respect back. You know, a lot of a lot of people putting that blame on. Well, I'm doing this by myself. It's hard to doing this. You got to start as a kid. You got to start as a baby. Show that baby you got to respect mama, daddy. You got to respect us. I don't care what's going on outside this house. You got to start inside this house first. You know, and once you start getting back to that respect, now you respecting home. You respecting your neighbors. A lot of people don't even know who your neighbors on either side of you are. You know, that come from there's no respect that's leaving outside of what you know. So a lot of this you got to get back to the respect. These kids have no type of respect whatsoever for nothing. They don't care about going to jail. 
They don't care about if their mother house gets shot up a thousand times, as long as nobody get hurt. They don't care if you get shot and get out next week, they're gonna do it again. They 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 they're not getting taught that you gotta respect yourself, you gotta respect life, you gotta respect your parents, you gotta respect everything around you, because if you ain't respecting none of that, ain't nothing gonna go right. Nothing's right. gonna go right because there's no respect between nothing. And if you get out here and talk to a lot of these young guys, older guys, whoever it is, maybe that's into it with each other, it's gonna boil down somewhere down the line where somebody disrespected somebody somehow, somewhere over some petty, some that if you really would have talked to and got to to the bottom of it, like real guys should talk or young ladies, it wouldn't have to go through none of that. But you don't respect that other guy cause or that other lady because I'm not taught to respect nobody. <laughs> I don't even respect my household. Right. You know, so right. that play a big factor in everything too to me. Right. We gotta man, we gotta quit being these kids' friends, man. Be their parents. You know what I mean? Like you said, the respect, man. We gotta let them know, man. We can love them. But we gotta we gotta be firm on them, man. Like we gotta we gotta stop kicking it with them, stop partying with them, stop letting them know it's okay to go in the back room, you know what I'm saying? Oh, do what you do. Man, we gotta respect. One thing about like I said, all of us when we came up, we respected our older brothers and whatever we did, whatever we did, we respected the older cast of older than us, man. Man, we gotta worry like you said, man. We gotta worry about it. we don't have to get shot. It's ridiculous. And then right. one communication. Communication is key. We all gotta communicate with each other. Stay on you. One thing about me and one of my soldiers that I always say, and only way we really gonna keep this right is unity and love. Not just unity, not love. They have to be together. We gotta have unity and love. That's the only way we're gonna come together and keep it right, man. Other than that, that's basically just what it's, we do. It's three words that I always got raised on through my grandparents and few older people. Stay firm, stay fair, stay consistent. Hmm. Firm, fair, and consistent. You can't go wrong. Right, right. Because now you're going to know is this is how it should be and this is how it's going to be. You know? Not that I'm tripping, I'm staying firm on you, but I'm being fair to you at the same time. Right. You know, right. and once you get that into them where they know and understand that, they start seeing things better for themselves and respecting themselves a little bit more. Right. right. How how do you all feel that the the current uh, police department and, and the current relationship between uh, Youngstown, especially Youngstown, because I know that's where you guys are from, Southside. How do you all feel that, you know, that's going? How do you feel that, you know, are these young people starting? Or is there, is the communication line open? Is Are they are they relating more to our young men? I, you know, I see a lot of things on, and I don't know how it goes on in Youngstown, but a lot of these police are starting to, you know, play basketball and just, you know, go out and, you know, throw the ball with the kids. Is it getting better in Youngstown? Yeah, yeah, they they trying to do their thing a little bit too. And then we always know too, man, Youngstown, we didn't have no problem with the bigger city. Man. We wasn't like that. 
our, our, our kids and everything now, they get angry at like what they do, and they kind of make it a little problem, too, and then the police have to do their job and stuff like that. But now they're coming up with different programs, and they're relating. they out here in the community more and things like that. they even relating with our programs and things like that to try to see what they need to do with us and come out and try to make uh, up the period. So Okay. Yeah. I commend our police department. Uh, Malik Mustella, he has a program going now that he's putting together through um, Chief Davis. They uh nice program they're putting together, trying to outreach with everybody so everybody can start interacting with each other. You know, it's like you said, it's too many groups that's doing positive stuff, but you're doing it as self. You know, when you got a whole community trying to do the same thing, let's start yeah. interacting with each other. You know, let's start doing, let's quit having three events on the same day when we all can get together and make it one big event. That right. sounds like church, Doc. <laughs> yeah, we got to get it, you know. And then once we start doing that and and the outside people, when I say outside, the people who, who own that fence about, uh, should I do this? Now they seeing everybody joining in, regardless if this church group is interacting with this car group. This right, car group right. is interacting with these sisters that go to Ursuline or wherever else. You know, everybody interacting with each other. Once they start seeing that, and everybody back for the community and start opening up these facilities where these kids go and play basketball, learn how to play kickball. You know. Learn how to shoot pool, anything, you know, but you got to use each other and stop, stop going for self, you know, because once that and they once things start going like that and everybody start opening up and start participating with each other, to me, things will start reaching out to kids, the, the, the young adults that who see, well, this do work. We can't interact with each other without being no crazy mess. I do feel comfortable going on the other side of town to this uh, to this function without having to think I got to carry a gun, you know, because everybody having fun. So I think everybody having fun, everybody feels safe around each other. But till everybody quit doing self, you know, stuff for self. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be that type of fight. We're going to keep coming back to the same results because one organization, one church can't do it by themselves. Right. Right. Got to put our eagles, our eagles aside, and come together because we all trying to do the same thing. Right. Stay away from that glitz, the glamour, the media. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about that, man. You know what I'm saying? Put your heart in it, man. That's what about our organizations, man. If your heart ain't in it and you're in the truth, man, come on, man. Yeah. Enough, enough is enough with all that. We trying to stay real, like you said. We got to unite. We got to love one another, man. That's the only way. We got to all come together. If we don't come together, man, it ain't going to happen. Right, right. I love that. You know, and that's just something that we talk so much about coming together. And I, I do believe that people sometimes don't trust the process or people are in their own bubbles and don't realize it and are often not aware of what somebody else is already doing. And, you know, or maybe they see something being done like, oh, but things are still the same. People still getting shot. So let me try this. I got some people who I talk to who think like me. And sometimes just communicating and collaborating is hard work and people don't want to do it and that not want to, but everyone doesn't have the capacity of, to know what it means to sit down 
search out research. A pastor called me from Youngstown, a dear pastor, mentor of mine, when they were getting ready to do their prayer. And he knows what I do in Warren. And I'm always like the idea guy because I'm the younger guy. And I, one of my words of advice to him was find a couple groups out there that are already there and let the community know you're going to support them. Make a donation. Show up to what they're doing. You don't need a microphone. You don't got to be the head of it. Loosen your tie up and just go say, hey, what's Bot Club doing? What's Safe Zone doing? And hey, we're just here. What's the other one uh, about the nobody's winning? The brother that done that's doing oh, yeah, yeah. violence. You know, I, and I said, just, just yeah, Daryl Jones, just stop by and just let them know you don't have a that's new a program. You're supporting yeah. what they got going. Exactly. Hey, if you if you operate on my side of town and you're around the corner from my block, I got a motorcycle group that wants to come and talk to the kids. Hey, parking lots open. Let's set a Saturday. Right. You know, right. we'll make it happen. And I think that collaboration counts. I want to switch gears before we close and talk about two things. And this is, and this is going to be a tough one, but I think it's two sides of the same coin that we got to deal with. The theme of the show is called I Wonder If Heaven Got a Ghetto. And <laughs> you know, or is there a heaven for a gangster and all that kind of stuff. What do we do to hold those who really are out there causing destruction accountable? Some people do need to be arrested and go to jail. And I know that I have people that love them. I know they got cousins and family, too, and everybody wants to defend each other. But how do we take the glory and the defensiveness out of wrongdoing? And in me and Jeff's world, now you get into the home goings and the funerals and everybody has good qualities to them. But sometimes we have to tell the truth about why we're here. Absolutely. The reason we're here. And and we try to make everybody fly high and do the T-shirts and, you know, and all this. And I'm not here to put nobody in hell whatsoever because I don't know what your relationship with God is. But I do have to speak to the actions that have been committed that brought this about. How do we take that glory out of it without being disrespectful? You don't want to make mama feel bad. You don't want to make the siblings feel like their person was trash. You know, that because that can happen. How do we deal with that balance? Because we do need to hold these things accountable or at least be honest about what they've done that is destructive to themselves and others. To me, looking in as you guys' job, preaching, say, a funeral, someone got shot, someone got killed. Like you say, Yes, I would love to put everybody in heaven. I can't do that. So when I preach this sermon, I'm not going to preach on Mr. Whoever going to heaven. I got to preach on, you see what's going on in these streets. Been there. Let's not put me in this position again to where I got to say the same thing over and over. Yes, we want to go to heaven, but Y'all know what was going on out here in these streets, too, at the same time. You right. know what's going on. That Don't put me in this position and look for me to be the savior because I can't do it. You need to come preach for me, Doc. I, need you to <laughs> I come can't do it. For... We can't say I it can't like do that, it. Doc, but I need somebody to be my spokesperson. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I love y'all to death. I love the family. But y'all know what's going on out here. Right. Now, what his relationship with God was, I don't know. I hope it was right, but I'm not going to sit here and preach such and such was this great guy and we're going to put him up in heaven. I can't do that. And I hope y'all don't look for me to do that and look at me sideways because my preaching is 
to save these guys that's out in here in the crowd to stop doing this other crazy mess. Because when they leave here, you're going to try to go get some revenge or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So if I got to come back next week and preach the same sermon, don't look at don't look for me to try to put whoever wow. up here. You know, I can't do that. But you got to respect me as a pastor to preach to everybody who's out in the crowd to stop. Even if I don't even preach about right now, who's going to heaven, who's not going to hell. I want to preach and get to y'all to stop this nonsense so you don't keep putting me in the same type of preaching situation. Mm. You want to add to that, Lan? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to flip it a little bit. I'm going to go another way. Okay. I'm going to say this. Being, you know, who me and I do, you know, we try to do what we do. You guys are who y'all try to do what y'all do. And that's all we can do is try to do that. But when it all boils down, they got to hold themselves accountable. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anything we can do or you guys can do help and maintain the ones that do want to be accountable. I mean, because they know, man. Like you said, you know. You can learn from babies, man. You keep sticking your hand in the fire. You keep sticking your hand in there. That's up to you, man. You're going to keep burning your hands. So you got to hold yourself accountable. So we we doing everything we can to do. In the end, when it all comes down, we still do what we do. We don't need to make it hard. We try. But in the end, who they got to go see? They don't see us in the end. And it all boils down, man. We sit here, we cry. They still don't see us in the end. They got to go see the creator. Right. So, I mean... You got to basically just hold yourself accountable. That's what we hold for hope. That right. one day, everybody just, you know what I mean? Like you said, man, you start grooming as babies, grooming as the right ages, then maybe one day, it, it'll just click, man. Yeah. Can I just add to add to what Pastor Todd asked y'all? I, 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 I have a real issue with this, but I just want y'all opinion on it. Um, you know, we, we talk and we've been talking for years about what they call the quote-unquote street code and the street codes and you got to have a code. You know, I ain't narking, I ain't singing, you know, but somebody know what's going on. Somebody know who shot such and such. Somebody know who, you know what I mean, who robbed such and such. Uh, you know, do, do we still live by that street code? Is it is it right to live by that street code? Is it right to hold hostage somebody's mother who lost their son and you know, you know that, that she's not going to get any justice it's hard for her to rest because her son is in a grave, but you, you know, who done this. What do we, what do we say about the street code nowadays? Some, some of my bro said, man, my bro, Al, man, a few couple meetings back, we went to and things said, man, like one thing we got to do, we got to throw away that word snitch. Hmm. We got to do away with that, man. And, you know, it's not snitching to, you know, because it's getting crazy now. It's just out of hand. We got we got to throw away that word snitch. And yeah. just that. <laughs> we got to definitely get away with that word snitch. And also, now, it has to be some type of way, some type of how 
if a person do get involved with it and let the cops know what's going on, their name ain't going to be all over the streets by right. one o'clock tonight. You know, it gets to be some type of way that they is protected and that they feel safe telling the cops these guys over here did that. I seen him get killed right there. This happened right there. You got to feel safe knowing that, okay, I'm not snitching, but I might be saving his family from getting something else happened later on this evening. You know? Yeah. But they's not looking at it because, like I say, they saying, are you snitch? You did that. You know what I mean? You talked to the police. But understand this, you got a grandmother in this house. You got a grandfather. You got babies in this house. Do you you rather this house get shot up? Everybody get shot up in this house instead of you telling you see this car outside every night sitting there looking, you know. But at the same time, you got to be you got to feel safe telling this telling the police what you're seeing going on in your neighborhood without it getting back to everybody around. That now everybody around looking at your house every time they ride by. Oh, that's the one that's calling the police every time something go down. It's, right. It, it got to be something that they they actually feel safe, you know, communicating with these police. Yeah, yeah not only the police, but whoever, whoever in higher power, pastors, you know, city officials. Because some people won't even call the police; they'd rather call a pastor, a city official. But at the same time, you want these people to feel safe. And comfortable coming to you that your name ain't gonna get slandered all over the street because you told me that's what's going on in your neighborhood. Right, right. It's a delicate balance. And you know, we we say all the time we get asked as pastors to let the community know that they can come to us. Here's an anonymous card, here's this, that, and the other. But at the same time, there is this, you know, well, we gotta do this legal process. And by the way, if you don't testify, we don't have a case. If you don't, you know, put yourself on record, we don't have a case. And then they come back to us talking about well, we couldn't solve these cases because nobody would talk. I'm like, well, there's no safe way for them to talk. You know, you it starts off anonymous. And we I've been in that room. Somebody run to me in the church and they know that it's a safe place. Hey, I can call a guy plain clothes down here right now. I know a brother that'll treat you right. And it's all good in the pastor's office. But then when it has to be pursued legally, which is nobody's fault, it's just the way the system works. The the cops, the prosecutors are saying, without this person's testimony, eyewitness, get on the stand, affidavit, whatever, that's going to end up becoming public in discovery, because that's what these lawyers do. And you know, they do it on purpose sometimes to intimidate people. They're, you know, they're still put out there. And I, I agree with you that there, there, there might need to be law changes that allow us to provide safer remedies for individuals, because as ugly as it is, it might be easy to say, it's been done to me. It's going to happen to others. That's just the way it goes. And it can be painful to say that others got off, but this group won't because this is the only way to stop it. Yeah. The only way to stop it is, unfortunately, somebody's got to take the hit eventually. And even if you know of other people that may have gotten off or the hammer didn't drop, when things get so bad, we have to come to account of ourselves to say, hey, if it's it, it, like you said, 
we think it's snitching. And I wish I could put you brothers on a platform because I'm sick of being a pastor talking about stop snitching. They're like, Negro, you don't need to snitch on nobody. Like, it's easy for you to say, of course, of course, stop snitching. But more brothers who have been there and are there explaining that code to these younger people, explaining what it really means. You ain't just narking out cats on petty stuff. You're not just trying to ruin somebody's life just to be doing it, you know. Uh, you know, you're not putting your own family and friends out. But hey, if I have a cousin, I've told my own cousins, of course, I'm the pastor in the family. So, yo, I'm I got a rap. I got this. I got that. Can you come down with me? I'm like, look, let me help you before we get to this place. Right. Let me help you before we get there. And if I really feel like you're serious, I'll try to help you all I can and go down there and stand in front of the judge and talk to him about our family and where right. you come from. Da, 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 da. But if we know we have the kind of small, and I'm sure you do too, tight-knit community where I could have an old lady calling me talking about your cousin selling drugs, your cousin selling drugs, your cousin selling drugs, and please just tell him. If you don't do something, we're going to have to call the cops. And I'll tell him, dude, everybody know my family. You can't do this. You're literally like the biggest family in town. And they have to take account for that. And I appreciate you brothers uh, for being forthright and straight up. And I applaud you guys for what you're doing and how you're, you know, holding it down and wherever we can partner. I know I'm on the Warren side of things, but this is a universal issue. And you guys have really given us the real. And, you know, we're looking over and seeing the chaos that's happening right now. But honestly, give it a month or two and it could be happening in Warren on a smaller scale because it has happened before. And so we have to care. And I'm glad you said that. I want to go back to what you said. Let Jeff have a word before we bring in Big Mike. We got to love each other as brothers. Uh, you know, black brothers, Christian brothers, you know, I had to get to a place because I had this church boy arrogance, suburban, you know, middle class, everybody's beneath me. God, hum God knows how to humble you no matter where you come from. And I can go up to a brother now with a better spirit, still working on it to say, hey, I don't care what you're doing, how you're living, how you're looking. I love you like a brother and I want the best for you. And if I can help you, I would. And that's what we have to do. And we have to really mean it. And so I'll give it to Jeff, and we'll do a quick ad and bring Mike in and, and wrap this up. Just real quick, man, uh, back to see. Thank both of you all, man, for coming on, taking the time out of y'all's schedules, man, to come on and just talk to us and talk to the community about what's going on. I, just real quick, uh, Al, you said you have an event coming up this Saturday. Uh, where Where is it at? And, you know, is there is there a Facebook page we can look up Bop, the Bop Club? What y'all got going on? Yeah, it's on there. Uh, it'll be Saturday. uh on Logan, what, 1523 Logan. Uh, we're just going to have cars out, hanging out, and uh, we're going to do a benefit run. And uh, like I say, sun oh, sorry, Sunday, we're going to have a uh, raffle off a scooter, and uh, proceeds of that is going to the Akron Children's Hospital Cancer uh, Unit. What's that address again? 1523 Logan? 1523 Logan. What time Saturday? Uh, Saturday start at twelve o'clock. Uh, what you got going on with safe zones, man? When is the meetings? What's what's going on? Can people join or what's 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 going on there? Well, yeah, most definitely. And we always taking volunteers, donations, recruits. You know what I'm saying? We always taking somebody for safe, man. Um, my next event. Uh, oh yeah, we got the safe zone market coming up, man. Any vendors and everything like that, man. Uh, we having coming up. Um, we gonna have some entertainment and things. Like that uh, July 10th. That's from 12 to 5, I think it is. 72 books on the south side of Youngstown, but that'll be out. Um, like I said, man, um, uh, 
uh, oh, Safe Zone Fridays is what, what one, one of our big things we always try to do, man. We try to get out in the community, go to the area parks, man. We, we give volunteers. We give out personal hygiene products and stuff like that. Like this. So that's always Safe Zone Fridays. We're always in the community, on the parks and stuff like that. And I'm always collaborating with all the other um, all the other people, things like that, too. We out here. Thank y'all again, man. Let's bring go. the kids out. Bring the kids out. Let them see the old school cars. You know, they can sit in there like they driving it. I'm gonna hide the keys though, cause they will pull off. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart, Doc. Hey, thank you all so much. We want to do our last ad, and this, you know, has no graphic, but it's from the same Phillips Care family of businesses. Phillips Care Training are the proud new owners of High Street Fitness at 277 South High Street in Cortland. Yes, Black-owned business, Black-owned physical fitness and training business, and they own High Street Fitness in Cortland. They're running specials for the summer. It's too late to get your summer body, get your fall body together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just get your thing, get, get it, the, the, the Halloween body together, whatever, whatever <laughs> costume you want to be in. But check out Mike Phillips. He is uh, one of our great brothers from the Warren area. Love him like my own brother. You can call him at 330-984-7632. Look up High Street Fitness on Facebook or visit at 277 South High Street in Cortland. And thank you again to the Phillips Care family of businesses for being proud sponsors of Religiously Incorrect. We're going to bring in Big Mike to wrap us up. I'm sure he has a few things to say. What's happening, Mike? Fellas, fellas, how y'all doing this evening? How uh, my brother? Big Al, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciated the Respect. conversation. Uh, you know, the knowledge, the game y'all was spitting, you know, it's much needed, man. That's much needed, much needed. Um, I was never one to be out in the streets either, like Todd, you know, grew up in the suburbs, things like that. But I always wanted to be. I tried it. I tried it, but it just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Um, tried to sell a little weed. It was messing up the money and counting up everything <laughs> wrong. So I'm like, yeah, this life ain't for me, bro. So... But yeah, again, appreciate you guys coming on, man. But I do have a couple of questions for you real quick. Um, how much do you think hip-hop and the, well, I just can't say just hip-hop, but the entertainment industry itself influences people wanting to be in the lifestyle? It's a big role. It's a big, big, big role. <laughs> you know, you can see it. You go from... Uh, Guys wearing purses, little baby purses now everywhere. And, uh, right, you know, you go some of them wearing big purses, you know, because right, the right, rapper's doing right. it, you know, and they it's like it. it's a big influence, like the cars, the girls, the money. But you don't get to know that this rapper right here just went to college like five, six years, get right. his get his PhD and everything. You don't know the struggle. He's talking about something that. That just gonna pull you in, but that's not the lifestyle that he's really living, right. you know. Mm. So it's like it's it's big out here. You just look around and look at these youth, and just look at the 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 lifestyle they live it. It's, it it goes hand in hand to all the stuff you see on uh, social media, hip hop, the movies, everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a big influence out here, man. Like you said, the thing is, man, we need to learn to educate. You know what I'm saying? learn and, and do some research, really find out what they're really about, expand your mind and things like that, man, before you even go and try to imitate this person. Right, right. I mean, I you know, I, I tried to defend hip-hop for the longest, but I, I, I really can't even defend them no more, man. And then 
you know, the record industries themselves, I mean, that's what they want. That's who they signed it. You know what I mean? You have a lot of artists out there who real musicians and sing about something with substance and but you don't see them on 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 the video channel. You know, you don't hear their songs on the radio. It's all the same old thing. So I I definitely blame them for being part of the problem also. Everybody want to be Lucius Lines. You know, everybody <laughs> want to be a gangster, man. They want to profit off our pain, man. They're profiting off right. our pain. Exactly. You know, exactly. Right back to us. And then, you know, another thing that pisses me off is that they glorify the mafia. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then when it's us, then they kind of look down on us. You know what I mean? And, and we glorify the mafia and them cats right. hate us. Right. Them hate us, hate man. They, they don't like us. Hate us, hate us, hate us. Never did. Moves. Yeah, moves. Yeah. <laughs> One more question. Um, I, I work with a lot of white conservatives and it's like whenever BLM, Black, Black Lives Matter comes up, they always say, well, what about Chicago? Or what about Youngstown? Or what about this city and that city? What do you say to people who make those comments? Man, all lives matter. All lives You know what I mean? I mean, we, it's going, we, we having them problems everywhere. Chinese life, man. All of us matter, man. Really, you know what I'm saying? We all want it, really. It's, it's all lies. I'm like Brother Lynn said, all lives matter. Black lives matter, but we got to understand that ourselves. Hmm. <laughs> you know, we get mad at the cops because the cops killing, you know, certain brothers, sisters. Turn around, same guy, you doing the same thing down the street. So why should we look at them any different than you? Then you you killing on each other. So all lives matter. You know we got to understand that not only do black lives matter to us, it matter. It should matter to everybody. All lives yeah, should matter you know. to everybody. Because once you get you go through that graveyard, <laughs> can't say who is this, what color is that. Y'all all under that dirt. Wow, wow. All right. right. They would get along. They would get along at your job, Big Mike. <laughs> Bubba would be like, "Y'all all right with me? Y'all all right?" <laughs> well, that's all I have. That's all I have. You know, um, yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching the news. I see the killings. You know, Fourth of July about to come up. You know, Chicago gonna be off the chain, and I'm just, oh yeah, man, I, I'm just like, what do we do, man? What do we do? And it's like, I wanted to do this episode because it's like. Everybody's saying the same thing. We need to pray. We're holding rallies. We're doing this. We're doing that. But it seems like nothing is changing. So it, I got a question. It gets a little deeper than that. It, it's, you got to get out here where they at, too. Right. You got to go I, I out here by these bars. You got to go where they hanging out at. Let them know, hey, man, I love you, too, man. The bars right. ain't the only ones who love you. No doubt. I'm going to come out right. where you at. I'm not afraid to come where you at. Right. I'm you, too. You look at me, you seeing yourself. A lot of people. What's the question? You don't really understand until you come out here on this front line. You got to come out. Yeah. So I want to end on a 30-second question. I know Big Mike usually asks the questions, but this just came when you talked about Chicago. And, you know, when Trump was in office, he was like, we need to bring the National Guard in. We need to do this. We need to do that. I do have a question. If you knew it would kill all this noise and there wouldn't be another murder literally for a year or two and you actually had the opportunity to get in front of these young men people on the wrong path 
would you support a real strong crackdown in our communities? Like, you you know, we know it's coming. Feds come in. And I'm talking a strong crackdown, literally coming after some of these guys, whether they're big level drug dealers or selling guns or whatever. Would you support that if you knew that on the other side of that, there would be peace? You know what I mean? Yeah. An opportunity to kind of restart the conversation and restart our communities. It's I don't want to crack down. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. As far as a, uh, a truly crack down, sometimes, you know what, is needed. Bad as we hate to look at it because a lot of people going to get caught up in the mix of it. But sometimes that's going to be the only way we're going to get to the root of everything that's going on. You know, and in the mix of that, in the mix of doing that 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 big crackdown, like I say, a lot of people in the in the it's gonna be people in the middle that shouldn't have been in the middle that's getting in trouble with this too. But it, it's gonna here coming down the line, that's the only way it's gonna happen. Cause take for Chicago, is it all Chicago, you're getting forty and fifty shootings a day. Yeah. You know, right. you it's good it's a time that you're gonna have to go in there and put that crackdown on. Right, right. And as long as it's legit and straight up on both ends, no you know killings. With it, then, I mean, maybe we need that. You know what I mean? If they come on both ends, and yeah, maybe that's the time for that. You know, you know, Mike, you 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 said that you know everybody calling for prayer and these rallies and things of that nature. The last rally I went to in Youngstown when I was still a pastor in Youngstown. We went downtown. We had this big rally. I can't even remember who was. It was before, right before Tito Brown uh, took over office. But I remember sitting out there, and you know, I, I was due to prayer, and uh, you know, a lot of lot of different people down there. And I, I remember having a candid conversation because Zach Zach was running for uh, running for the mayor. Uh, the next day, Zach died. The next wow. day, Zach was murdered. Um, so you know, a lot of times these. <laughs> these rallies, and I, I'm not saying to stop them because you know it may help to a certain extent, but I think we we there there are drastic times calls for drastic, drastic measures, and we are in drastic times as of right now. Yeah, I think that's a deeper conversation. I appreciate y'all answers. You know, there's a lot of systemic stuff that really has created our community, so it feels unfair to bring more pain when a lot of systems have created what we see, but at the end of the day, you got to stop the blood flow some kind of way. And, you know, there are times when they tell a person, we got to amputate your foot to save your life. Yes. And maybe our communities, some of them are at that point. Yes. We, we really wish we could keep some of these guys out and da, 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 da. But if this is what it takes to bring peace back, Maybe some of our black voices and voices they haven't heard say that kind of thing. Because it sounds too Republican. It sounds like Trump. It sounds right. like people that don't love our community. But maybe right. out of our love for our people, like if I knew getting 15 dudes off the street in one weekend would save 100 lives over the next decade and countless broken families and homes just from that small group that's constantly going at each other and cycling this and bringing new cats in, it sounds ugly, but we have not done better doing any other way. That's just my take. Don't know it, where that would ever go. Thank mm. y'all again, man. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate having us.
Y'all the truth, man. If y'all would stay on for a quick second, Mike's going to take us out. We want to thank everybody for watching and sharing. We got a lot of great clips. You got You said a few things out on Lynn. I'm going to literally clip and send out to a group of pastors that I work with and talk to because they need to hear exactly some of the things you said. It wasn't negative. It was enlightening. It was enlightening to say, hey, this is what we're hearing from the ground level. Let's stop meeting by ourselves, discovering and figuring out. Let's listen to the cats that know. So I appreciate that. And that's all I got. Big Mike, anything else? Nah, man, that's all I have, man. Thanks again, fellas. Really appreciate you. Like us, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us. Look for it. We will be off next week for the holiday. Yes. Me and Jeff going to be blowing our fingers off with fireworks and stuff. We're going to be in an emergency room with our kids. So, uh, so y'all, uh, we're going to take the week off and then come back and have a prayer meeting. That the Lord give our limbs back. But y'all enjoy. Thank our guests. Everybody give it up for Lynn. And for Al online, thank Thanks you for so y'all for a quick second. We go outro, and we'll see y'all later. All right, peace, y'all. See you peace next out. week. Peace.